0: As the fall season approaches, so too do increased cases of flu, RSV, and COVID-19. Vaccines are available for all three of these conditions this season, and we'll talk to some local experts to get the latest information and recommendations for how to best protect yourself in the months ahead. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JoCo On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for Joko On The Go. I'm your host, Andy Highland. I'm a Johnson County resident and I work in public affairs at Johnson County Government. And we're here to talk about respiratory diseases, how to protect yourself and keep track of the latest data. We have three guests joining us to talk to us about that a bit today. First up is Renee Allen, a nurse working for Johnson County Health and Environment. Renee, welcome, and can you tell us a little bit about you and your role?
1: You bet. I am the Immunization Program Manager here. I'm a working manager, so I administer vaccines in addition to my supervisory duties.
0: Very good. And we'll also talk about recommendations for children with Dr. Jennifer Schuster, an infectious disease specialist at Children's Mercy Hospital. And so welcome, Dr. Schuster, and can you introduce yourself?
2: Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Jen Schuster. I'm a pediatric infectious diseases physician at Children's Mercy Kansas City.
0: Thank you. And also with us is Caitlin Kintner. She's an epidemiologist with Johnson County Health and Environment who's helping to put together a weekly respiratory disease report that tracks some information for our residents. So Caitlin, could you introduce yourself?
3: Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Caitlin Kintner. I'm one of the epidemiologists here at the health department. I work primarily in our disease containment uh, program.
0: Thank you. And so, Renee, let's start with you. There are three different vaccine recommendations we're kind of navigating this season. I know they're all a little bit different, so let's try and take them one at a time. And let's start maybe with flu. Who should get that flu shot and why?
1: Okay. So everyone six months of age and older, with some rare exceptions, should get a flu shot every season. It's uh, particularly important for people who are at high risk for serious complications from influenza infections. So that would include adults who are 65 years and older, adults with certain chronic health conditions, and women who are pregnant. So you ask, why get the flu shot? Um, The flu vaccine actually prevents millions of illnesses and flu-related doctor visits each year. It can also reduce severity of illness in people who get vaccinated but still get sick, so fewer hospitalizations, too.
0: Very good, and I I just heard a little bit about, uh, it. saw saw some news about a new COVID-19 shot that's also recommended now, so that's, even for those who may have received a vaccine or a booster or two already, there's a new shot, so why don't you talk about that recommendation, too?
1: Sure. Um, So the newest one is uh, covering the most circulating variant. Um, So even if you had protection before, those um, vaccines protection tends to wane. And so receiving an updated vaccine can restore that protection and provide better protection against that currently circulating um, strain.
0: And I know a lot of people are getting those flu shots and those COVID-19 shots at the same time, and that's that's good and okay and recommended. Can you talk a little bit about whether you should get one or the other or both at the same time? What's recommended there?
1: Sure. Yes, that is pretty common um, for people to get both, and it is safe um, to get them at the same time. One study did show that people are slightly more likely to have reactions, including fatigue, headache, muscle ache, than people who only got a COVID-19 booster vaccine. Um, but these reactions are mostly mild and went away pretty quickly.
0: Very good. Very good. Uh, the other, uh, disease that sort of, I hear a little bit about floating out there is RSV. And I personally know a little bit less about RSV than those other two, uh, diseases. So maybe talk a little bit about what is RSV and who needs to be concerned about getting a shot for that as well.
1: Sure. So RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus, and it's a common seasonal virus that usually causes mild cold-like symptoms. Most people recover in a week or two, but RSV can be serious. Um, Infants and older adults, including those with those certain underlying medical conditions, again, may have an increased risk for getting very sick from RSV. So there is the new RSV vaccine that helps protect adults 60 years and older from severe RSV illness. So, if you are sixty years and older, you can talk to your healthcare provider to see if the RSV vaccination could benefit you.
0: And is that another one you could stack on at the same time, or is is, I don't know how many vaccines you want to do at once? But is that uh, how does how does that work with the other two?
1: Right, you can, um, just like the other. um, Though you may experience some more of those symptoms afterwards.
0: Very good. Let's bring in Dr. Schuster now to talk a little bit about specific recommendations about these vaccines for children. And so, you know, I think we talked a little bit about how many of them are recommended for folks six months and older. So how do how do recommendations differ for children as adults when it comes to these vaccines?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I think maybe going in order makes sense. So for flu vaccine, um, Renee mentioned, so flu vaccine is recommended for every child who is six months of age or older. Um, For kids who are younger than six months, uh, flu vaccine doesn't provide great protection, which is why we wait until six months. And we really rely on pregnant people getting vaccinated during pregnancy and other family members getting vaccinated to protect our youngest Infants who are at high risk for flu. So I'll put in a plug for adult vaccination for our youngest of children, since, we, um, since they are too young to be vaccinated. Um, but flu vaccine is recommended for every child who is six months of age or older. Uh, some kids, if you're eight years and younger, will need two flu vaccines the very first time they get that flu vaccine. Um, so for that very, very first season. But after that, they just need one, just like our adults. Um, so if it's your first time, if it's if you're bringing your child to get the flu vaccine and it's the first time that they've had one and they're eight years or younger, um, your doctor, or the health department or wherever you're going might uh, remind you that you that your child will need a second uh, vaccine about a month later. But otherwise, uh, they're recommended for everybody. So it's a really easy recommendation to remember. I think one thing that comes up a lot for kids, um, and this has changed over the years, but this year the CDC says that if you are if you have an egg allergy, you can get any influenza vaccine. And so previously, that was a concern from a lot of parents whose children had egg allergies. They had to make sure that they could get a certain vaccine or um, you know a specific one at a certain location. But CDC has changed. All all flu vaccines are safe for kids with egg allergies. So that's great news because it uh, means that it's a little bit easier for our kids with allergies to get vaccines. Uh, So that's easy for influenza. For COVID, it's also recommended that um, every child who is six months of age or older get the new updated COVID vaccine. So um, same one, as was mentioned before, that is uh, most effective against the variant that's circulating right now. COVID vaccines um, have always been a little bit more complicated for our youngest of children and they may need more immunizations and they get different doses and it varies a little bit more than in our adult. our adult friends. So I would recommend reaching out. You know, ask your immunization provider whether you're going to the health department or your pediatrician or your family practitioner. Um, what what needs to happen and what vaccine uh, your child needs to get. If your child has already received the COVID vaccine, though, um, maybe they got either the bivalent one or the very original uh, monovalent vaccine. They just need one updated vaccine. So pretty easy. But if you are just starting the series, it may be a little bit more complicated. So for parents to make sure that they ask how many their child needs. Uh, so that's that's uh, the updates for COVID. So it's still kind of similar to adults. And then RSV is really a game changer for people who take care of kids this year. Uh, so RSV is the leading cause of hospitalization in young children. So as a pediatrician, seeing these vaccines come out is gonna be, um, is really gonna make a big difference. So there's two uh, products that are available. One is actually available for pregnant people with the idea that the pregnant person gets vaccinated between 32 and 36 weeks, so towards the end of their pregnancy, and they um, pass their immunity on to protect baby, and so that's how baby is protected. Uh, so that is for pregnant people. And then the other project, the other product, excuse me, is called Narcivimab, and that is a monoclonal antibody. So it's basically giving immune protection to babies who are born. So, uh, all babies who are under eight months of age are eligible going into RSV season, which usually begins around October, November. Uh, so, this is really, really exciting. We've never had protection like this for um, our youngest infants against RSV. And, you know, any pediatrician, anybody who works with children will tell you that, you know, RSV um, is a major cause of respiratory disease during the winter. So, we're pretty excited to hopefully be seeing less children in the hospital from RSV
0: this year. That's great. And I, I I, didn't know that about RSV. That's an interesting fact to know about children. So that, that sounds like really important information for people to, to know and share. I think um, it, it, one thing I want to talk about is tracking down these shots. I mean, I heard that COVID shots, especially for children, might be a little difficult to find how do people get access to these shots with COVID or some other other way? What's the best way?
2: Great question. So, uh, I always tell people to reach out to their primary care provider. So, whether that's your child's pediatrician, family practitioner, um, whoever your child sees for their regular checkups, I think that they are always uh, your first start. The health department is a great resource um, for being able to help figure out where vaccines are being administered. And then, Andy, you're right, one that we often hear that has been difficult to track down specifically is the COVID vaccine. Um, If you go to vaccines.gov, so pretty easy from a website. It's vaccines.gov. You can enter your zip code and you can enter the age of the person that you're looking to vaccinate. So you can specifically look for, I need a vaccine for my, a COVID vaccine for my three-year-old. And they will tell you who in the area is administering the vaccine, whether it's a retail pharmacy or um, an FQHC or the health department, they'll be able to steer uh, parents in the right direction. So again, that's vaccines.gov. But I always recommend start with your child's primary care provider.
0: Very good. Uh, Renee, or maybe you could talk a little bit about how that might differ or be the same for adults trying to frack down the vaccines as well. I, any of these, is is there any other advice that would differ from that for adults to try and track them out?
1: I think she pretty much nailed it. Um, definitely easier for adults right now to find them. Um, Johnson County Department of Health and Environment provides the flu vaccines for children and adults, the RSV vaccines for those age 60 and older, and the Moderna um, COVID-19 vaccine for ages six months and older for those who qualify for the CDC's Bridge Access Program or the Vaccines for Children's Program. Um, those are available at our walk-in clinics in Olathe and Mission. And we are still awaiting shipment for the COVID-19 vaccine for those with private health insurance. So. Um, we're trying to be patient, but it's it's a struggle.
0: Yeah, and I know we're recording this uh, on October 6th, so that may change by the time we, we get it to uh, air, but uh, hopefully those will come along soon. Uh, Caitlin, I, I wanted to bring you in now. We're uh, I know the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment is creating a new weekly report that's available on the, the website there, and we'll probably put that, link to that report in the description of this podcast, but why are we putting, can you talk a little bit about why we're putting together that report and who's it for and what's in it?
3: Yeah. Um, as we all know, <laughs> uh, there is a, a wide range of resources available online for data. Um, And sometimes that's a lot of just like searching through and trying to find the right spot to get it. And then it's multiple pages and uh, you're having to go to different websites. So we thought it might be helpful to try to condense that and put it all in one report where we feel like we look at those data streams um, and we are monitoring them. So we're trying to share what we are already monitoring. Um, So we put it all in a report um, and it does include covid flu and rsv right now Um, and so we're hoping hoping that will be a little bit easier for the general public to to look at and and just see this uh, snapshot in time
0: and how does this reporting differ from some other reporting that we may have seen earlier in the especially in the covid pandemic where there was just a lot Uh, of data available go ahead
3: For sure. Um, So how it kind of differs is, as we all know, in May, the public health emergency order um, ended. And so for COVID especially, this kind of decreased some of the data that was available to us, um, especially at a local level. But that being said, um, stuff started to come in to kind of fill in some of those gaps. And since everyone had a, a great interest in COVID, everyone also has a great interest in flu and RSV. And so some more data streams came in for that as well as some new platforms. And again, we've tried to condense them to where they're all available in one place.
0: And I think that that's uh, you, you talked a little bit about what kind of data this is or what what just what specific information can people expect to find if they go to see this report?
3: Yeah. So we do have some emergency room data, which is helpful for COVID and flu um, and RSV. You can actually see like what our emergency rooms are experiencing um, for those specific diseases, Um, as well as we've had the hospitalization uh, data from CDC on there, um, as well as wastewater data from BioBot. Um, That's what's available right now. And we do hope um, in the future in 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 the next coming weeks as the vaccines come on board, right? And everybody's getting them. We will actually have some vaccine data for flu and COVID. um, So we can actually see the uptake for Johnson County. Um, So we're we're hopeful to include that as well. So, you know, in the next couple of weeks, you should be able to check back and see, you know, how Johnson County is doing on the uptake of the new COVID vaccine as well as flu. So we're we're hopeful for that.
0: That's great. And it sounds like this report, at least from what I've seen of it as well, this is really, it pulls together some county level data. Correct. A, a, it's yes. really, I think that's kind of the gap you're trying to fill. Is, yeah. is, is I, This was all kind of out there, but it was in different places of so trying to yeah, pull it together. It's, in it's one all county. in
3: different places. And and you do have to dig a little bit for it. Uh, you know, you have to do all the filtering, even when you get to the, the landing page, you still have to go through the next steps of trying to filter down to Johnson County. And so we, I kind of took that that piece of the work out, um, for the general public. So at least you can see it all in one place. Um, and again, like I said, it's the data we're looking at, at the, at the health department, um, we keep track of that data as well. And that's what we're looking at to see what the status is of the County. So, um, it's the same things that we utilize and that we want to share and make people aware of.
0: Very good. Very good. Uh, Well, I I, I appreciate all the information that you guys have shared today. I think it's really great, really good for uh, us to know and be aware of. I appreciate all of you coming on and sharing with us.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: You just heard JOCO on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JOCOGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org podcast. Thanks for listening.